Thanks for listening to the Women Emerging podcast. Every week we put up a new episode with insights into leadership, practical leadership, seen through the eyes of women leaders of all ages and all sectors from right across the world. Our aim is for women to be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join Women Emerging on our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org for more fabulous free leadership content. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Julia Middleton, Director of Women Emerging and your podcast host. Two weeks ago, we started this series of episodes. They were recorded in the final days of the expedition when we had gathered together in Bellagio in northern Italy to try and pull everything we had learnt together. One of the very, very clear things that was in our head was that an approach to leadership that resonates with women started with essence. By essence, I mean what's at the heart of who we are ourselves, who we are as women, and how does this essence frame our leadership? One of the great dangers, it seems to us, is to base your leadership on an unfamiliar essence, somebody else's essence, certainly not your own essence. And then how you show up as a leader and play out as a leader is built on an unfamiliar essence, somebody else's essence, potentially a slightly male essence. Now, everybody's essence is different. There is, without doubt, clarity on that. But we did think that it would be helpful to try to illustrate what we mean by essence by asking a number of members of the expedition to talk about what's in their essence and to choose a piece of their essence and share it. And in so doing, to simply illustrate essence and indeed really invite other women to capture their own essence. So two weeks ago... Aparna spoke about the fact that in her essence is the word sacred. And that has a massive impact on how she leads, generally and day to day and hour by hour. Last week, we spoke to Katrina, who spoke about the fact that that in her essence, issues of of physicality, of, of the body are essential elements for her, not just how she shows up as a leader, but also how she, how she plays out, how she leads meetings, how she develops relationships, does everything that is the job of a leader. Some of the members of the expedition ended up towards the end with this great discovery to some extent that they'd that they caught from Katrina that that they had for a very long time been leading largely from their neck upwards and that actually leadership came from the whole body. And um, do have a listen to last week's episode if you really want to understand some of that logic. Now this week, it's Anna Luge. And Anna Luge is going to talk about how nature has shaped her essence and influenced her leadership. 
she starts by making a very clear message that, you know, there are all kinds of things in your essence that are strong and that have beautiful words associated with them, but they also have shadowy words associated with them. And Anna Luce starts by reminding us that nature is not always gentle. Anyhow, I leave her to explain that, but but also to explain this concept of the infinite game, which clearly forms her leadership and emanates from her love of nature. But I leave it to you, Anna Luge. Over to you on nature. This is something that has threaded through right from the beginning in this beautiful place is how much women's leadership is rooted in nature and how how much the essence of women's leadership is influenced by nature. And there are some things that it would be fun to talk about about that, but also some of the things where you've pushed back on people because they've sort of almost become over-emotional and romanticizing nature. So, So talk to me, talk to me. It's interesting because... I've always felt a deep connection to nature, but it is not what I would call a spiritual one. And there are many women here that have talked about spiritual connections to nature. And I have said, I feel this deep connection of of just interconnectivity, oneness with nature, and understanding of its complexity, right? I, 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 I've studied nature and... You've made it your life. yes. Yes, I, I like You're to, a scientist. I am a scientist, <laughs> and I like to say that I have traveled this journey from trying to understand nature when I was really doing pure research to dedicating two decades of my life to conserving nature to now being in a place where I've learned enough from all of my colleagues, including indigenous leaders and practitioners and scientists, that what we really need to focus on is our relationship as humans with nature. We're not here to manage we do have to do some managing, it's the hard reality of it, but it's that it's not that we have to leave nature alone, and therefore that has led to really horrible forms of violence in the name of nature conservation, exclusion of people from their, from their lands. It's not that humans, all humans are the problem. It's the way we're relating to nature now, and how we have to have the openness to imagine other ways of relating to nature. And that includes ways in which other people have been relating to nature for millennia, right? Indigenous ways of relating to nature. And the way they value nature leads to different decisions about what to do in nature. And this idea that we are nature and nature are us, which is something that Hinamua has been bringing up often, is something that kind of science has evolved towards. You know, and all return to. Yes, yes. I often say sometimes there are things we don't need to uh, discover, figure out, but remember. And, you know, as a scientist, this is, this is complicated stuff, right? We like to think of science as simple, following rules, predictable. There's so, we've come to understand that what we call nature as, are these social ecological systems and that we are integral to that. And so how do we want to show up in that system? How do we want to play in that system? And yet, at the same time, 
I do think that women have a special, sometimes, way of connecting to nature. We are more cyclical beings, and uh, many of us, I think, feel deeply connected to nature in a way that is restorative. And we are deeply loving of humankind. And if you say, well, humankind is the problem, where does that leave us? There was a presentation back that was sort of modeled on a tree. Yes, a little play. And it, it, was, it was beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, you were a wonderful log. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My role was to be a log, a rotting log in this play, which I hope I, I performed well. But, you know, there was, through the whole play, there was one moment where we referred to the two-legged enemy. Yes, exactly. And I had a powerful reaction to that. It was very powerful and very good. Spot on. <clears throat> yeah, if we, if we take this romanticized view of nature, nature is inherently good. Nature, as Hinamo has been reminding us, uh, can be very, very dangerous and very powerful and very destructive, right? So we need to have a relationship of real respect with nature and, and, and make space also for something that's perhaps, you know, unknowable. And sacred, even. I mean, this is a scientist telling you this, right? Mm -hmm. This is like, and, and, and a very like rational person. And yet I see this. And yes, and if we think we are the enemy, then, then what is our work? If we think our relationship is broken, then we have work to do. Bring this back to leadership. Yeah, well, I also want to say one other Go point on. about okay. trees to illustrate this idea that it is very complicated because... You know, if we take this romanticized view of nature, our trees are wonderful. Well, there are trees and there are trees. Yeah, absolutely. And there are trees. Yeah. So, you know, one of the biggest issues right now in the world is that there are these competing agendas of climate change and biodiversity loss. And there's been this amazing report put out by the top scientists in the world saying not everything that we are going to do to fight climate change is good for biodiversity loss. And however, most of the things we're doing for to combat biodiversity loss will help with climate change. That's a very subtle point. So if you're planting a lot of new forests in places, that could be problematic. What about those trees? Do we see them as these, you know, beautiful beings? You know, so this nuance, this complexity, we need to embrace it. And if we approach nature with a certain reverence, and, and, and recognize there's, there's mysterious ways of functioning that we might not ever fully understand. We might take a different approach. If we see nature as part of the essence of women's leadership, which I think is, I think we all say, it's, it's a bit like the motherness thing, isn't yes, it? Yes. That everybody sees that as kindness and generosity and all those words. But actually... With nature as a source of our leadership, it's also the source of toughness, complexity, sometimes brutality mm -hmm. of nature. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's also this idea of a certain, you know, we are rooted in place. We are leaders, we are mothers, we are human beings in this planet. This is our arena. This is where we have to operate. And whatever we're leading, businesses initiatives, they exist within this ecosystem, which is finite. We cannot pretend that there's infinite resources on this planet. 
because then we're going to continue to overconsume, you know, destroy and 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 basically destroy our home. I mean, that sounds simplistic, mm. but no, no. I think this respect for and and we've talked about our yearning for justice and our yearning for harmony, and that extends to this broader home of ours, right? And allows us to understand that there's also different ways of leading at different times because there's cycles and there's cycles within cycles because there's our cycles in a certain time frame like a lunar cycle there's seasons right instead of go 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 move forward progress grow generate more all the time so there are there is the sense of enoughness in nature there's also the sense of pay attention because you don't know exactly what's coming Talk about that. I mean, nature can be unpredictable, right? Deeply, deeply unkind and unfair. Yeah, and so we can't assume also a, a stable world right now. In fact, change is the norm and will be the norm in the rest of our lives. It's interesting. One of the members of the expedition sort of halfway through sort of leant over to me, I think a couple of days ago, and, and, and I quote... We need to be careful about this sort of dreamy quality in leadership because then when the hard reality of leadership hits, you're actually not prepared. That's right. That's right. And I do think that when we were... It's a, it's a parallel with nature, mm. right? We, were, we may romanticize the lion cub, but if you go on a safari and you watch the lion hunt, it's a brutal business, right? Mm. And nature has this this just acceptance of cycles and death and destruction and and um yeah i think we have to embrace that more as a, as a way of seeing the world perhaps that it is not always benevolent and yet i think as women we do have uh, a, a desire to see more benevolence and so there's always been this 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 division a little bit between you know the realities we see in nature and what we what plays out in the human realm I'm leaning over you because you've got that piece of paper. Hang on, let's find it. Here we are. Here's this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. It's the most wonderful piece of paper with masses of things written on it, all of which I'm going to go home and think about. But it was wonderful because this morning you said to me, don't miss this, Julia. And I've settled it down at the bottom. And you say, you, say, you use the expression an infinite game. Yeah. And and my first response is, you know, is game the right word? Because for obvious reasons, is competitive and things like that, an infinite game. But then, then when you explain to me why, then I'm 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 sold. Yes. So go on. I, I'm everybody. glad you brought this to, back to this because it is a good thing about it is a great kind of analogy to what we learn from nature. I think. This is not my idea. I've heard others talk about this. So I don't want nobody, I, I, we shouldn't take credit for it. But basically, the idea is we're, we are here as humans on the planet and as leaders playing an infinite game, not a finite game. What this means is we're not here to win or lose. We're not playing by fixed rules and certainly not rules designed by somebody else necessarily. Although sometimes we may feel like we are, well, then we... We have to remember we are also players and the rules can evolve. And we are writers of the rules. Absolutely. <laughs> and when you play an infinite game and the goal is to keep playing, not to end the game victorious, to keep playing, mm -hmm. right? 
then you do things differently. We have to collaborate. We have to figure out what the next step is together. Because otherwise, if I just eliminate my other player, the game is over, right? And so we are all playing infinite games. And you know, it's interesting because in real life, we're surrounded by finite games, sports and so forth that have very rigid rules, very rigid timing. Most of them are competitive. Most of them have, have winners or losers, right? And it's a different way of looking at how we, what we are doing as a society, as human beings, as, as earthlings, which is something that I think we need to add to all of our roles, right? Earthlings. And the, the games absolutely de designed to pit us against each other. Yeah, although many people would say, I have learned so much about collaboration through sports, right? Yeah. Teamwork and all of that. It's great. You know, in sports, there is least a culture in many of them of celebrating the other team as well as ourselves. In some of them, yeah. I would say, yeah. In yeah, some of them. Many of them. But even, even in the Brace Brutal yeah, ones, yeah. there's at least an attempt to do that. Yeah. But in some of the other games, and I remember that episode that I did with Sarah Henry about her analysing the Hunger Games mm. that, on television, you know, th the systems are quite cynically designed to pit us against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Does that happen in nature? I mean, you know, resources are finite, mm. right? And yet, when all these, all the game is played, what ensues... Is the continuation, is the of, continuation the of the game. the continuation of the game. And it may change radically over time, right? Every now and then, you know, there'll be an asteroid and... Uh, yep. A huge percentage of life on the planet will be wiped out, or there'll be an earthquake, or yeah. But but yeah, there is always this collective playing of the game. The the objective is to keep the whole system alive, and even and I think there are moments within it. Yeah, Go on. Yeah, and I think make it regenerative, make it for us. You know, I would say make it when you really look at society and our communities and our organizations, just and harmonious and generative. You know, yesterday, Melissa said something interesting. She said, when you're working as a leader and you're trying to convince others to join your efforts, are they shareholders? Are they looking for a gain for them? Or are they stakeholders? Are they trying to build something together with you? I think this parallels that a little bit because, you know, we're all... We're all stakeholders. We're all players, right? And, and, and if I'm trying to elevate women and equity and you're trying to fund my work, then you have to be in it because you believe in it and you also are playing that game. Absolutely. But then you, put, you transpose time over it, don't you? So yeah. sometimes you're in one place and sometimes you're in another. It yeah. And, and, and go you know, back to cycles. Yes, exactly. And you go back to also, what is the context you're in at that moment? What is the setting, right? Aparna has spoken very powerfully about the stage we find ourselves in, which has a performative element. But hey, leadership has a performative element. Big one. And, you know, we might feel as a leader that we actually go into a meeting and it is a finite game. And we either emerge a winner or a loser. But I think it's important to remember that ultimately we are playing an infinite game. Is there a story of leadership from your home or professional life that, that illustrates any of this that you want to share? 
I think one of the ways in which we have led at the center, my predecessors and I, and my dear mentor, Eleanor Sterling, who passed away this week, is by elevating others. Sorry. Yeah. Is by elevating others. So we are not in it to create a brand or necessarily get even recognition, right? Somebody said during this wonderful week, it's ama- somebody quoted someone as saying, it's amazing the things you can achieve when you don't care who gets the credit. <laughs> And I think we've operated... Actually, in- you do care who gets credit, everybody other than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps that's even more liberating. I mean, I like a little credit sometimes. But in the way we've worked, it's been about elevating the community and, and empowering others. And the way you lead when you do that is different. It means that sometimes you have to fight the rules of the institution to make sure that the you know, million-dollar grant you got, half of that can go away to other places. Mm-hmm. And the system's not set up for that. And you have to fight that. You know? And sometimes it means that you pass you know, on, on an opportunity to get funding because you don't think you should be the one to get it. And, and you just think differently, I think. And, and by doing that, you're nurturing an ecosystem, you know, w- which are heavily stewarded and tended by humans in many places, right? So it, in a way, it's a mix of an ecosystem and a garden. And that's what you're doing. And when you do that, do you get written off as a weak female leader? I think there is a risk of that, yes. And you just live with that? Yeah. It's the way it is. Yeah. It's their, it's their problem, not mine. Yeah. And, you know, I know, I know what, is, what success is for me. That's going back well, to the for, inner essence, right? But also for us. For us. Exactly. For the system that we exactly. live within. Exactly. Exactly. So you never take your eye off the ecosystem that you operate within. Since, you know, when I had to... Uh, curated, co-curated an exhibition that was our first bilingual exhibition. Well, adding all the interpretation in Spanish would add, you know, weeks and weeks to the schedule. It changed everything. So be it. Mm. This is an exhibition about Cuba with Cubans. It has to be bilingual, right? Not that there was that much pushback, but sometimes I think it was, it was tricky. And you have to, like, stand by your principles of, you know, yeah, this is, this is the way. This is the way. And when you make such a stand and you feel so miserable, and you feel noble and miserable at the same time. I was just time. about to say, you're noble. at peace, yeah. you're also at peace. So where do you go then? Run, you go climb a mountain, <laughs> you get your team together. What do you do? Yes, I do a lot of walking. I'm in New York City, so you know, getting to nature it requires extra steps. And I connect with the people I love. That's a huge source of energy for me. So we come back to nature, full circle. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Anne-Luge. So many things stuck in my head. We are nature. Don't romanticize nature. That lovely expression, the lion cub, maybe a cuddly toy in some people's eyes, but in reality is very often a very brutal animal. That expression, pay attention. You have no idea what's coming, and nature surely should teach us that. But I think the concept of leading 
not being a win or lose time limited game, but an infinite game that will stick with me for a long time and probably certainly for me change a lot of the thinking around leadership. So, so far we've done Aparna with sacred, Katrina with physical or rather the body, and Alush with nature. And next week we're going to talk about another part of essence. And Melissa is going to talk about not motherhood and not mothering, but motherness. I'll let her explain next week. Till then, lots of love, Julia. To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.